Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
It had been too long since I had the opportunity to put on my dreams. It was like slipping into a brook at the height of summer, renewing and cool. I was pleased to see that the collective dream was still in place, still populated by the players of the Shepherd's game. The dream was an almost seamless whole now, having coagulated from time and persistence and many, many deaths. I wandered careworn and filthy warrens, urban hidey holes, attics heaped with old bones, and extravagant murder chambers fit for mad kings. I sensed many eyes upon me, peering out from secret killing places. I wondered if any of them belonged to a certain pumpkin-faced killer. Although the dream had been designed for the shepherd's hungry flock, it had clearly attracted the dreams of other killers, who, for whatever reason, had not been invited to play. For a fleeting second, I gazed clearly upon the darkroom of the infamous spirit photographer. How many of his subjects had been found posed in deep forests, deserted belfries, dank cellars, and other abandoned places? Fifty? Seventy-five? They were all bleached white by a flash powder which released a light that did not stop at the skin, that snatched souls into the wicked spaces behind the photographer's lens. Or so the legends say. Correctly, I've no doubt. A few moments later, and I watched the pitchy waters of an ancient lake retreat behind a toothsome shoreline, where were stacked the blazing forms of countless dead all of which had briefly come to know the wicked hands of the killer known only as Pyre. I even made the mistake of stumbling into a very singular dream, filled with dying screams and frenetic pain-inducing machines, all of them housed within a gigantic inhabitable torture chamber, or tortuary, to those familiar with the legend of Agatha Payne. I saw her staring back at me from the blackened dream, her wickedly hooked and bladed armor, her steel gloves bristling like a thicket of knives. She was a true vision. She was indeed a player in the shepherd's game. In fact, her dream was a dismal recollection of what she had done to the last wolf on her list. He was bound and lowered into a glass tank of slow-acting acid, naked but for an oxygen mask and goggles. She looked on as her victim felt himself slowly dissolve into an opaque broth, her smile as sharp as any worn by my sisters. When she discovered me looking on, her hungry smile lowered to a grin. She only gestured to her melting tank, as if offering me a place within it. Her dream quickly disappeared behind a rush of dark new visions, and I loosened my grip upon my sleeping sisters. I came upon the blacked-out dreams of the recently murdered hunters, still caught in a web of nightmares, mindlessly replaying forgotten shadows. I could detect a tilted silence emanating from behind the dead places, where a strange nullity upended simple emptiness. These dreams were not merely dead, but were something else entirely, something more than dead, perhaps. With some searching, I found the den of the skin-switcher. I felt him waiting somewhere among the neat lines of hanging hides, each skin a symbol for the sin that had once been hidden, but now stood revealed and properly affixed to the appropriate sinner. I entered the chamber slowly, 
the uninvited guest of an exclusive gallery. I should take a moment to remark once more upon the quality of my adversary's craftsmanship. More so than could be appreciated outside of a dream, Hyde's creation nearly shined with moral relevance. It was as if each creature had been merged together with its exact form of original sin, exemplifying and overcoming the distance between Eden and present day. Sin and skin married with such delicacy and precision as to have been combined by a song. These were not merely revelatory symbols, but whole and entire archetypes. I knew Hyde was aware of my swelling admiration for his work, smiling quietly from somewhere within a sea of stolen skins. I came to offer my apologies for the delay, I said. I hate to keep my appointments waiting. I hope you can see past my indiscretion, but rest assured, Mr. Hyde, I am coming for you, and soon. There was only silence in response, as I knew there would be. Yet my rudeness needed accounting for. My detour from purpose could not be interpreted as a sign of frightful hesitation. My father would not allow it. The night was soft and kind, and I was thankful for the gentle delivery from sleep. My awareness soon seeped into my recollection. The abandoned cabin where I rested was mostly destroyed but for the single room I occupied. A modest storm moved across the sky just above me, weeping rain upon the forest. My family slept quietly beside me. I had forgotten how much I had missed them, how much the separation had hurt me. I gathered them up and departed into darkness and silence. The city of Willard would soon be upon me, and I relished the thought of seeing it for the first time. The small town had a splendidly dark and sordid history. Most famously, it was the home of the infamous Dr. Theodore Willard, a descendant of the family who founded the small hamlet, who was known to have tortured countless victims with strange and horrific machines. Of course, this was discovered long after his disappearance, as any good secret worth hiding is. But more interesting still was the rumor that his wicked enterprise was sponsored by a devilish race of beings who subsisted off the very thing he so loved to conjure, pain. It was all claimed to be the ramblings of a twisted mind, but I continued to hold out hope that it wasn't. The world would be that much closer to dream with Dr. Willard's sadistic benefactors in it. It was many years after the notorious doctor's disappearance, but several years before the Great Darkness, that the town of Willard had come by its insanity. Some believed the conjured pain of all the good doctor's patients had somehow infected the town, while others maintained it was a dry run for the greater madness to come, a staging ground of sorts. Whatever the source of the city's malady, it was undeniably host to a uniquely binding madness, restraining the common sense of thousands of people. And as history had documented well, these were not idle lunatics, not in the slightest. There were signs my destination was not far. I began to encounter the country dwellings that prefaced the formal portions of the city dwellings that had clearly known the ridiculous clutch and titter of madness. I saw chimney stones stacked into the shapes of great yawning mouths exhaling thick smoke into the dull sky. 
They crested slightly above the treetops, and at first I took their exhaust to be a stronger vein of storm, descended low over the forest, angry and black. How those fires continued to burn with no one to tend them was just another mystery I had no intention of ruining. I came upon a vast swath of forest that had been cleared to make way for a man-made lake, beneath which lurked monstrous shapes hewn from yet unidentified species of crystal and glass. I wondered if glass-blowing facilities comprised the throats of those spewing chimney mouths. Some of these creations broke the placid surface of the water, peeking out from the depths, blending their translucent bodies with the mist holding ephemeral shapes as potent as any dream. Beneath the water they dwelt, meandering and serrated, nearly invisible due to their faint composition. Their silhouettes had on more than one occasion been revealed by the swirling blood of those who dared enter the water. This was Willard's infamous lake of a thousand spirits. So much beauty, and I had yet to even enter the city. The city of Willard, a strange and abandoned place, was home to the wasting houses. Structures where once its entire population was interred for suffering from a mysterious madness. No one knows precisely, or even approximately, the cause for the madness that once drowned the city of Willard. But whatever the source, be it supernal or supernatural, its effects cannot be denied their place within the canon of the supremely strange. And if I may say so, the supremely wonderful. I approached the city like a moth drawing upon the sun, foolish and fascinated. I could feel danger seething beneath the ground like glowing coals fresh from a fire, just begging to burn. Yet I didn't, couldn't care. Here was the truest freedom, early proof of a world tread upon by dreams. You see, madness is the one darkness that light cannot kill. It screws up its face in utter defiance. It's a nightmare that survives waking, wandering upon bruised feet through the fever heat of blistering white banality. And much like old shadows, madness is often reposed within ancient places, locked up and forgotten, tended only by the wisps of ghosts in the worlds of dust. It should be noted, however, that madness is only considered such due to the broad consensus of the mad each suffering equally from delusion. In their superior numbers and broken wisdom, they have concluded that their madness is the only one true reality. Poor fools. All. The place, if indeed it qualified as merely a thing with geographical specificity, slowly became a silhouette against the darkening sky. I could almost hear the din of battle unfolding between the concluding rays of the day and the mad city's refusal to be revealed by something so paltry as light. Standing so close to Willard, I could appreciate a palpable undercurrent of residual madness, sweeping those with appropriate sensitivities into the gravity of secret worlds, inviting them to take on the burden of forgotten lunatics, to convey a flourish upon the monument to madness. Yet brick and mortar is not my medium of choice, so I declined the invitation, at least for the moment. I rounded a final bend, and at last, Willard came into focus. The city was a material outline of a lunatic's thought process, 
It seemed desperate to capture within stone and wood the quicksilver shapes of a madman's fancy. Houses, gardens, fountains, clock towers, and churches rose and fell into and around each other, forming metropolitan entities that seemed to stir, as if the momentum of insanity had yet to exhaust itself, despite the absence of the broken minds that had once called it down from the sky as truly as lightning rods. The road I followed into the city ended at many an empty residence. The remains of kitchens, bedrooms, and living rooms punctuated the distance of my paved path as it transformed into other, more secret paths. Tendrils that slithered around thickets and beneath graveyards, through black tunnels and silent crypts. Willard, to be certain, was a great sloughed-off skin that madness had once worn with such pride and glory, rendering even the sun dim by means of its terrible brilliance. I entered Willard in darkness, as was necessary from a hunter's perspective, to say nothing of an outre artist's. It was a notoriously strange place, filled with the material and quite possibly immaterial articulations of insanity, of men and women who went from raising the walls of their city to being imprisoned by them. Due to the immensity of the population of lunatics, it was determined that their mad city would become a makeshift sanitarium. Almost all those interred within the city died here. It was for that very reason I resolved to make my temporary home in the bowels of an abandoned asylum. The same kind of dwelling that once suffered its insane tenants to waste away to the dry whites of their bones. I had hoped to taste a little bit of the madness that might have seeped into the crumbling walls and cracked floors. For no artist is an island. I needed my inspiration. And madness is one of the greatest muses of all. I decided to sleep through the remainder of the night and start fresh the following evening. Rats sought me out during my rest, a few even curling up with me. I was thankful for their warmth. I wondered at the number of their ancestors that might have been made fat and happy on a diet of neglected insane, sleeping off their feasts in filthy nests lined with the bones of the mad. I even devoured one of my small sleeping companions so as to share in the human darkness that may have once nourished its family line. After finishing my tiny meal, I rose in search of grander prey. As I stalked the city, I encountered a great wasting house that rose and stretched far beyond the scope of any other building I had encountered. It looked more like a castle fit for a mad king, for the architectural embellishments affected to its construction made me doubt the completeness of its location within this world. The structure, like all art, was an enemy of solid reality. It seemed to shiver beneath the normalizing dullness of the sky that crushed in around its silhouette, trying to deny its otherworldly pedigree. I passed beyond the doors of the structure, eager to know the strangeness pent within. I was not disappointed. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 